Hello, everyone. Welcome to Celtic Preacher. It is podcast 203. You know, there's the way that we hope our lives will be and the way it actually is. Jesus addresses this today. There's the, there's the way that we imagine the world should be, or our church, or our community, or our family, or our friends. We have all these expectations. And uh, yeah, everyone has hopes and dreams and plans for the future. Uh, we imagine how we would like things to be. And, and then there's the actual reality of the way our life is. And sometimes, you know, life isn't the way we want it to be. It's like, well, I never expected it to end up this way. I mean, I hadn't planned for this. And even if everything's great and everything's going well, have you noticed that even if something is, you know, just right and we're happy, it's like, well, this is great. I hope it can last because I don't want this to change. I just like it the way that it is. I don't want any changes. And of course, you know, it's inevitable. Of course there's going to be changes. Life and people and our circumstances, they do change. And it's sometimes by our choice and it's sometimes not our choice. Well, today we're looking at a passage about um, John the Baptist, who happened to be Jesus' cousin. And John the Baptist finds himself in in a very vulnerable place and he doesn't like it at all in fact uh, he hates it he's not used to this this feeling of being out of control Uh, and and I completely relate to John the Baptist uh, here you know it's got to be one of the worst feelings isn't it where you feel vulnerable and you feel out of control and life isn't going the way that you had planned nobody likes us uh, from a young age, we're hardwired to stay in control so we can survive. I mean, this is our survival, isn't it? Uh, as a species, surviving is second nature to us. And from childhood, we figure out ways to cope. Even the wee ones, you know, they, from childhood, even if we come from unstable families, We get pretty good early on. We're little survivors who find ways to navigate through whatever we're born into, whatever could be an angry household. We could have distant parents. We could have caretakers that have got addiction problems. Well, whatever we're born into, no, nobody teaches us how to survive. We kind of have to figure that out for ourselves. And, you know, even some of the techniques we found helpful when we were children might not be that helpful as we get older, right? That's part of spiritual and emotional growth to sort of tease that apart. So when we find ourselves in situations where, where we've lost control, we become destabilized and frantic and anxious and fearful. Jesus addresses this today in the text we're going to be looking at. 
And, you know, this whole idea of being destabilized and frantic and anxious and fearful, yeah, it's a great text for this time of year because um, we all know this is one of the hardest times of the year for people. Um, so in our text, this is from Matthew 11, we read about John the Baptist. Now, let me tell you a little bit about John, because this was Jesus' cousin. And it's not often that Jesus says that someone is great, but he did describe his cousin as great. He says, nobody, nobody born is as great as John the Baptist. He was special. He was a prophet. He was a spokesman for God. But um, he was completely dedicated. I mean, he is everything that you would imagine a true prophet to be. Um, especially, you know, if, if you use your imagination and think about the Old Testament prophets of the Bible, you know, I mean, he was kind of a wild man. He had, you know, he was the one that ate the, the wild locusts and honey, the desert food, and a camel hair coat and a belt around his waist. That's how they describe him. A desert man, a desert preacher. He had no interest in money or clothes or food or houses, all the usual creature comforts. He had no time for that. It wasn't important to John. He was, uh, he was different. He was unusual. And uh, he was quite the preacher. And in his day, he had quite the following. So he was a bit of a celebrity preacher in the sense that people loved to hear him talk. And they would walk for miles and miles and miles to hear him. Because remember, he didn't have a church. So you couldn't, you know, go to a particular synagogue and hear John talk. You had to get outdoors and find him. And he had a particular style. He was very direct. Kind of like your uh, hellfire and brimstone type of preacher, you know. Very bold. Spared nobody's feelings. Uh, very clear message. It was, his message was like, look, if there's anything in your life, some behavior or attitude that is negatively affecting you and your relationship with God, you need to get it sorted out. Or God's going to cut you down like a tree that's worthless because it doesn't bear fruit. This is the, this is the way that he would speak. It's say the Messiah's coming, Jesus is coming. And when he comes, he's going to change the world. So you better prepare yourself and you better prepare your heart because uh, when Messiah comes, when Jesus the Messiah comes, everything is going to change. And that was his message, John the Baptist. And remember, I won't go into all what he did baptizing people and all that, but just want you to get a little bit of a taste for the personality of the man because um, very blunt, very dedicated, and he was very clear about his purpose. He would say, I'm, I'm not the Messiah, I'm not the Christ. You know, I'm not the Christos, I'm not the Christ. I came to get you ready for Jesus. Now, you make sure that you're right before people and before God. And if, it's, if something's important to God, 
then make sure it's important to you too. So if something's important to God, like generosity and compassion and integrity, yeah, then that should be important to you too. So he wasn't afraid to point out if things were wrong or if things were unfair. And he wasn't, afraid, he wasn't politically correct at all. So for example, when King Herod had an affair, he was uh, quick to use King Herod as an example of this is the way not to live, okay? This king is completely wrong. He's an adulterer. Now, most people wouldn't say that out loud for fear of repercussions, but you see, this John had no fears. He had no fear at all. He just said what he needed to say. If something was wrong, it was wrong, and he would speak it out. It was very black and white that way with John. It was very, it's either right or it's wrong. It's black and white. So kind of binary thinking in many ways. It was clear. Now, what happened, of course, was is he paid a price for being this honest and true to himself because he ends up in Herod's prison. And uh, yeah, Herod didn't appreciate this prophet uh, speaking out against him. And so when he had an opportunity to have him arrested and jailed and put him put in, in the dungeon, that's where he ended up. And so this is where we're going to pick up the text today. So uh, by this point in John's life, he has he's spent his days out in the desert preparing people to meet this coming Messiah in Jesus. He pointed out what was right. He pointed out what was wrong. It eventually got him into trouble. Eventually, he, he ends up in Herod's dungeon. And time begins to pass for him. And if John is hoping for freedom, it's not coming. And if he's praying which I presume he would be. Text doesn't tell us that, but if he's praying for some sort of answer, as in some way, some miracle going to happen that he's going to be released from this dungeon or that Herod's going to change his mind, that doesn't happen. And time is passing and this desert man is stuck in the dungeon Nothing is changing. He's completely lost control of his life, right? All his choices have been taken away. And as he's in this dungeon, he starts to falter a bit. He starts to wonder if he actually was pointing out the right man as the Messiah, now remember, this is John, strong, opinionated, who cut his own course in life. John, who didn't need people's affirmation nor approval. John, the famous preacher, famous in his day, well-loved, had his own disciples, had his own followers, just like Jesus did. Had his own students who followed him around and wanted to listen to his teaching. So here he is, kind of helpless, stuck in this cold, dark, dank 
dungeon, confined, no voice, no purpose. And he starts to wonder. He starts to just wonder about everything. Not just, not just because he's in prison. I mean, that's got to be a part of it. But there's something else that's bothering John. It's even worse than being in prison. It's bigger than that. Bigger than his own confinement. It's this whole idea that the whole world isn't working the way that it should. I mean, Jesus was supposed to come and sort things out, right? I mean, joy to the world, you know, Messiah's coming. Peace on earth, right? All this, all the angel, all, part of the Christmas story is, you know, joy to the world, the Lord has come. We've got peace on earth, glory to God in the highest. It's part of the Christmas story. I mean, it's this whole idea that when Messiah comes, Jesus the Messiah, the Savior, things, were go things are going to change. It's going to be quite different because Jesus is going to make things right. This was John's message. And so he's, he's saying before, you know, Jesus comes and really gets his ministry going and starts his teaching, get your life in order because when he comes, the ax is at the root of the tree. And you're going to be chopped down if, you know, <laughs> things are going to happen when Jesus appears. He's not going to put up with all of this injustice and this cruelty and this oppression. He's not going to put up with it. And as for these Romans occupying our land, when Messiah comes, he's going to make short work out of the whole thing. He's going to make it right. So for John, it's not just a case that he's depressed because he's in prison, although that would depress anyone, right? It's this whole, it's a, his whole worldview that is beginning to shake, which is actually very common today, this whole idea about our worldview. It's like, I don't, I don't know where the world's going, but I, I, I can't follow all these changes. I mean, this, this is happening today, so we can kind of relate to, to John in a way. Because for John, he's in prison, and he's thinking he's in the dungeon, he's thinking, you know, I thought that God was going to put the world to right. And I'm looking around, and it's not happening. I'm look, I thought God was going to, when the, when the Savior came, and the Savior's born, I thought the whole thing was going to change and there was going to be peace on earth, right? I'm not seeing that happening. I'm not seeing it happening. You know, I was listening to a podcast this week, and it was, it was a podcast from the UK, and 40% of the UK has turned off uh, their TVs. They don't, want to watch the, they don't want to watch the news or listen to the news. It's too depressing. There's too many things going on. It's not just... Wars, we've got that. It's not just the climate and the out-of-control environmental crisis. Yeah, we've got that. It's not just post-COVID. Yeah, we've got that. But it's all of, I mean, there's so many things on so many fronts. 
You know, there's so many crises on so many fronts. People are like, I don't want to hear it anymore. I just can't, I can't cope with it. It's too much. It's too much. The world is, I don't want to hear it. Anyway, that, that's just a little extra there. Um, this is today, but it's, it's happened at many, many points in history where people's view of the world is, is called into question. So John's in this dungeon, he's thinking, maybe I made a mistake. What if he isn't the one? What if, what if I've been pointing to the wrong man? I mean, I thought it was Jesus of Nazareth. What if, I, what if I was, what if he's not the promised one? You know? I mean, there's the healings and there's the miracles and there's the teaching, but, but then again, and uh, yeah, that's great, but y- you know, life has gone on as usual, Right? I mean, he hasn't really judged the world and righted all the wrongs, that's for sure. So John's confused. And he asks one of his disciples, one of his students, to go and speak to Jesus. And he says, you've got to go and talk to him, and you need to ask him this. Ask him, are you the one, or should we wait for another? So John the Baptist's students go, and they find Jesus, And they say, you know, John's in the dungeon and he's wondering if you're actually the Messiah. He's wondering if if you're actually the one that is going to change the world. And Jesus gives him an answer that I doubt would have been particularly encouraging at some level because this is, this is his answer. Jesus says, okay, here's, here's what I want you to tell John. I want you to tell John that the blind receive their sight and the lame walk and the lepers are cleansed. And I want you to tell John that the deaf hear and the dead are raised and the poor have good news preached to them. Hmm. Hmm. Now, John already knows this, right? Because this is what Jesus did, right? He went around teaching. And actually, it's a picture of change and transformation. It's about, it's, it's really a picture of healing. And it doesn't really mean too much to us, but they were all the signs of the Messiah, They were all the signs that the people back in those days that they would expect the Messiah to do all of this. And they would also expect more in the sense that, and and also God's going to right every wrong and bring justice and freedom. So that was the message that they had to go back and tell John the Baptist. And so they went back and they said, yeah, Jesus says this, that, um, yeah, all these things are happening. The blind are seeing and the lame are walking and the lepers are cleansed and all the people that are usually ignored aren't being ignored and all the ones that are usually ostracized aren't ostracized anymore and things are changing. And he also said, John, blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. That's what he said. Now, again, John 
steeped in the Old Testament, knows his Hebrew Bible inside and out. He's a prophet. He knows the signs, what they're looking for in the Messiah. So he knows that the coming Messiah is going to be able to do the miraculous and help people in amazing ways. But he also knows that God is going to right all wrongs. And he also knows that that's certainly not happening. So this is, this is why he's so distraught in a way. And Jesus is saying, John, you need to know this. Blessed is the one who isn't offended by me. What does that mean? It's like, well, don't take offense. Don't stumble. Don't get shocked. Don't get offended. When things aren't working out the way that you thought things should be. Can you trust me even in this, John? Can you do that? It's like, I don't understand. John's like, I don't understand. And Jesus is like, okay, can you trust me? Even when I'm not following your timetable and the way you think I should do things, can you trust me? And John's like, but it's so confusing. I thought you were going to right all wrongs. It's like Jesus is saying, John, can you trust me in this? When I don't work according to your timetable and your schedule and how you think I need to do things. Can you trust me? Don't get offended. Don't turn away. Don't lose heart now when the way isn't clear. When you feel so vulnerable, when you feel so out of control, can you trust me? Can you trust me when you don't have the answers? Because John, when you were in control or when you thought you were in control, and when you thought you had all the answers, and when you were strong, and when you were able, you said you trusted me. Now I'm asking you to do it in all situations, at all times. Yes, I am the one who has come to change the world but it's not going to necessarily be done in the way that you think. Yes, I am the one who will make a difference, who will right all wrongs, who is in control, but it's not necessarily going to look the way that you think it should. And it will be in God's time, not necessarily yours. Can you hold on to that, John? Can you trust that? Can you trust it? Oh, it's got to be one of the hardest lessons, this. It has got to be one of the hardest things because really for John, his life would never go back to how it was before. It never would. Uh, he would never get out of that dungeon and he would never be free again to walk the earth. He ended up dying 
in the dungeon. Could he, did he learn how to trust? You know, the, the old writers would call it the dark night of the soul. Could he hold on? That was Jesus' word to him. Blessed are you when you don't get offended. Blessed are you when you can hang on in there when you absolutely don't understand what in the world is happening. Yeah, that is a part. That's a part of our spiritual and our emotional lives that we're not always going to feel strong we're not always going to feel like we're in control and there are going to be times when we're absolutely not strong and we're not in control. And all the more reason to not give up trusting that God knows what is best and that ultimately, even though it's not in our timetable, ultimately God will do what God needs to do. Yeah, it's, it's, hard. it's a hard one, isn't it? That's a hard lesson. But it's a lesson that is woven throughout the scripture. And it's a lesson that every single one of us will go through more than once in our lifetime. That uh, when we're sitting in the dungeon, whatever that would be, right, and when we're looking out at life and it seems completely chaotic, the still small voice says, will you trust me in this? Because I haven't changed and I am in control. Something to hold on to, I think, as we go through this Christmas season. There's the prayer, there's the heart cry. Throughout this whole time, Ultimately, God holds us in the palm of God's hand.